God never one time intended for you to be a born-again, blood-washed, spirit-filled, tongue-talking loser. The next thing I know, I'm laid out on that floor. I went down and 10,000 people were staring at me, but when I got up, there was probably maybe only two or 300 people left in the building. He said, the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is now dwelling in you and he'll quicken your mortal body. This morning, Southside Christian Fellowship happily welcomes Pastor Ron Smith. In his message today, Pastor Ron shares about his encounter with the Holy Spirit and how it changed his life. Amen. Praise God. Well, it's so awesome to be here this morning and um, see your pastor again after all these years. And I, I actually had lunch with him not too long ago and, and see Bobby Teague. He's been such a blessing to our lives over the years. And anyway, so I'm excited about being here this morning. So how many are excited about God being here? The Holy Ghost is here. Amen. Why don't you close your eyes right now and lift your hands and let's just welcome the precious Holy Spirit this morning. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place because nothing happens without you. Right now, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your touch in this house. Touch every man, every woman, and I pray now, Father, that not one person will leave here the same as when they came, but touched and changed by your mighty power. We give you praise now, Lord, for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, God is so good. I, I um, met uh, John Whitener, I guess, about, 20, about 25 years ago, 23 years ago. And I guess it was at, close to that time that I met your pastor. And uh, he um, actually is uh, a blessing, amen, to this house. Can you say amen? amen. And I just wanted to minister this morning on... Uh, um, the Holy Ghost power on you. Yeah. Amen. And, and actually, it was just kind of a confirmation because I, the Lord gave me this message. And then uh, on the way over this morning, you know how it is as a pastor. You know, you start thinking, thinking, thinking. And uh, well, maybe I'll, go, maybe I'll do this. And then when you gave the testimony of that lady, and then the other young lady there came up and shared what she shared. Um, I mean, it was just a confirmation. The Lord said, you know, minister this. This morning, and uh, it's so powerful. Um, I, I, I did a, a funeral not too long ago, and uh, it was actually a joint funeral with this um, uh, Baptist preacher. We're, our church is here, and next door is a Baptist church. Come on, somebody say, God bless the Baptist. And uh, so, uh, anyway, we were, we were sharing the, test, the uh, funeral. He did part of it, I did part of it. And so when we got ready to leave the church and headed toward the... Um, cemetery he, he said let me ride with you in the cemetery so we're riding to the cemetery just the two of us and he told me he said this this man that that died that we just preached his funeral he said um he reminds me a lot of my father and um i said well uh he said my father said this man that we just buried was like 88 years old and he said my father was 90 years old when he died and uh, he said he, he was born and raised in uh, Gwinnett County in Lawrenceville, Georgia. He said he lived to be 90, and in 90 years, he never one time 
left Gwinnett County. And he said, my father died at 90. He never saw the ocean. He never saw the mountains. He never saw anything outside of Gwinnett County. And I thought, and, and the Lord just spoke that to my heart. The Lord said, you know, there's a lot of people in the family of God. They got saved. Maybe even got filled with the Spirit. But they never saw the mountains. They never saw the ocean. They never saw the glory of God. They never saw God's power coming down and seeing miracles. And they never saw God working through them. Amen. And uh, so I want to minister to you today. I want to just share some things with you because, because God, wants to, God wants to move in this house. Amen. And he wants to move through you. Hallelujah. Am I in the right place today? All right, tell somebody right now, wake up. You, you, you need this, okay. And uh, so here's the thing. God, listen, the Holy Ghost was poured out on the day of Pentecost. And Acts 1.8 says this. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now here's what I found. Now I've been pastoring 51 years. And here's what I found. That a lot of believers never move in the things of God because they don't really feel like God can use them. Amen? But see, the Holy Spirit is for everybody. And, and, and the, the thing that God wants to do is move in this place. In fact, 1 Corinthians 2, 4, and 5, uh, Paul said it this way. He said, I came not with the eloquence of men's wisdom, but I came in demonstration of the Spirit and power. Amen. Tell somebody there's a demonstration, there's a demonstration. of the Spirit. And power. Come on, say the Spirit. Spirit. And power. And And so, here's the thing. This morning, you have to believe that the Holy Spirit is for you. Amen. Amen. Come on, say the Holy Spirit Spirit. is for me. me. See, listen, you'll never have what you don't believe is for you. You'll never experience what you don't believe is for you. See, if you don't believe healing is for you, then you'll never have healing. Amen. If, if you don't believe prosperity is for you, you'll never have prosperity. Come on, how many, how many believe John 3.16? That's why you're saved today, because you believe John 3.16. But listen, if you'll come to the place where you'll believe, by his stripes I was healed, then things will start happening. If you'll come to the place where you believe that I will receive power, Come on, say, I will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon me. See, listen to me. God never one time intended for you to be a born-again, blood-washed, spirit-filled, tongue-talking loser. Amen. Because every promise in the Word of God, every, every um, verse in the Bible was designed to get you over in life. It was designed to give you victory because God never intended for you to be defeated, not one time. Amen. Come on, say every promise, every promise. is for me. me. You know, I remember, Pastor, years ago when we would go and preach at revivals at other churches, they didn't put you in hotels. They put you in somebody's house, you know. Oh, Lord, I'm glad we delivered from those days. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to... 
I, I don't, you know, I remember one time I went somewhere over in North Carolina and they put me and they said, oh, you said, you, you, you're going to sleep in the boys' rooms tonight. And I said, okay, well, that's okay. And so, I, you know, that night comes and I go in there to go to bed and there's bunk beds there. And uh, I said, well, that's all right. So, you know, I close the door and I get in bed and all of a sudden, after I'm about ready to go to sleep, the door opens and here comes this little kid in and he climbs up the bunk and right on the top shelf, I said, Lord. But I remember hearing about this... Uh, I remember hearing about this preacher, you know, he goes and preaches at this church, and, and so they put him in the home with his family. So the first morning of the revival, you know, the, the, the lady of the house gets up and she fixes homemade biscuits and gravy, I mean, all kind of stuff, and she just fixes it up. And um, so he sits down at the table, and when she put that pan of biscuits on the table, they had a little boy about six years old. And before this preacher could reach over and grab a biscuit, the little boy took his hand and went, mine, 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 mine. Just licked every, every biscuit. And so, the, you know, Pastor, he just kind of sat back, well, I'm not going to eat a biscuit today. And next morning comes, she fixes more homemade biscuits, and the minute she puts it on the table, the little boy says, mine, 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 mine. And this went on every day. The, the preacher did not get one biscuit. Finally, it's the last day. The last day of the of the meeting, and he was determined, I'm going to get one of those biscuits this morning. So he's going, to, he's going to get this kid. So finally, he's waiting. And the woman sets the biscuits down, and the preacher said, mine, 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 mine. And it shocked the little boy. He looked, he looked shocked, and then he said, yours, 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 yours. So... So I want to tell you this morning, every promise is mine, 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 mine. Come on, say every promise. Every promise is for me. Tell your neighbor, every promise is for you. And listen, I'm here to tell you today, you don't have to go to the back door of heaven begging like a beggar for crumbs. Can you say amen? No, because you're bought with a price, you're saved, you're filled, you're anointed, and there's a power in you to overcome whatever the enemy throws in your way. Can you say amen? amen. See, let me, let me say this to you. If God wanted you to stay in your problems, because see, a lot of people think, well, God sent this thing. Well, God's trying to make me more like Him. Well, God's trying to teach me a lesson. But see, that's all a bunch of junk. Because if God wanted you to stay in your problem, why do you think He said, Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I'll answer you. If God wanted you to say in your problem, why do you think he said, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you? If God wanted you to stay in your problem, why do you think he said, speak to your mountain, and it will obey you? Why, why do you, listen, why do you think he said, whatsoever you bind will be bound in heaven, whatsoever you loose will be loosed. See, not talking, he didn't say whatsoever the pastor bound. He's saying it to you about your life. Whatever you bind, whatever you loose. Come on, how many are ready to bind some things this morning? How many are ready to loose some things this morning? Listen, if you thought God wanted you to stay in your problems, why do you think he said death and life are in the power of the tongue? Amen. Come on, say death and life. Or in the power of the tongue. Or in the power of my tongue. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Come on, why don't you say it with me right now? Death and life. Or in the power of my tongue. 
So say it with me right now. I'm not giving up. I'm not going back. I'm bigger than my mountain. I'm stronger than the devil. I'm going to run and not be weary. I'm going to walk and not faint. Because there's a power in me. There's an anointing in me. Amen. And listen to me. See, we have to understand this. Because, we, because the Holy Ghost, God said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, you know, Jesus told him this before he went to the cross. And I love that song that you, that song, I can't remember the words to it now, but they just spoke to my heart. That uh, Jesus spoke to him and then he said, and after he rose from the dead, he, he gathered all the disciples. He said, go into all the world, preach the gospel, cast out demons in my name. Amen. Amen. Cast out demons in my name. See, people are thinking, you know, a lot of times we think, oh, you know, middle of Africa somewhere, some witch doctor, when they talk about demons. But see, everything is a spirit. Now, understand me this morning. Everything is a spirit. Paul called it a spirit of fear. God did not give you a spirit of fear. So see, it's a spirit of fear. It's a, it's a spirit of infirmity, Jesus said. It's a spirit of depression. It's a spirit of addiction. And that's why, that's why AA can't deliver people. Don't get mad at me. AA can't deliver people. They can teach you to suppress. They can teach you to call somebody at 3 o'clock in the morning. They can teach you to do a lot of things, but they can't deliver you because addiction is a spirit. And we've seen more people delivered from drugs, alcohol. I mean, we've seen thousands in the last 25 years delivered from drugs, alcohol, tobacco, because the Lord showed me. He said, no, you come against the spirit. You, you know, oh, yeah, oh, Lord, help him to never smoke another cigarette. No, listen, you can pray that prayer all day long. But when you come against the spirit of addiction and you say, spirit of addiction, come out of her now in Jesus' name, something happens. Because that spirit has to obey you. And so the Lord, see, it's, it's the spirit of fear, the spirit of discouragement, spirit of, spirit of poverty. A lot of people have a poverty spirit on it. But here's the thing. You have to believe that the Holy Spirit is for you. Come on, say, the Holy Spirit, the Holy spirit. is for me. And then you have to believe the Holy Spirit is in you. Amen. Come on, how many spirit-filled believers do I have here today? Let me just see. Okay, good. Well, I'm in the right place. Amen. I said, how many spirit-filled people do I have in this house today? So the Holy Spirit is in you. Come on, say, the Holy Spirit's in me. Praise God. And because He's in you, you can say this. All my days of defeat are over. All my days of depression are over. All my days of sickness are over. All my days of, of discouragement are over. Somebody, somebody said, well, preacher, you just don't understand. I said, I've been to hell and back. Well, at least you came back. <laughs> That's, I hear that all the time. But, but I look out at this congregation, and it's no different than any place I go. No different than my church. Because some of you should have been wiped out, but you're still here. Some of you have been rained on, but you're still here. Some of your hair is all messed up, but you're still here. Because, come on, say, I'm still here because there's a spirit inside of me. 
There's something inside of me that, that keep, gets me through. Something inside of me that gives me victory. Amen. And listen, there's nothing that God can't do for you if you don't throw in the towel. If you don't quit and if you don't give up. Amen. See, you know, the devil tells people all the time that God's out to get you. Well, how many know if God was out to get you, he'd already got you? <laughs> Amen. Because God is for you. He's not against you. Amen. And, and, and listen, can I just say this? Get away from those people of doubt. People of unbelief. Amen. Pe people that will drain you of every ounce of faith that you have. Get away from, I call them faith vampires. I mean, there's people that, you know, they'll, they'll suck every ounce. In every church, you got one. You know, somebody, somebody says, oh, preacher, I've got a, uh, they'll say, somebody says, I've got a hangnail. Oh, man. And that person will say, yeah, I had, I had, a, I had an uncle that had a hangnail like that. They had to cut off his whole finger. <laughs> How many know people like that in the church? They're going to look, listen, they, they will drain everything out of you. We came back, I was in 90, 1993. Um, I was a very conservative Methodist preacher. And uh, in my church, you didn't even say amen in my church. We just, you know, I mean, I wanted everything to be just right. And we started watching uh, television one day back in July of 93. And I was seeing a, a meeting in Lakeland, Florida at Rodney Howard Brown's church. I mean, at uh, Carpenter's Home Church. And, um, and I'm seeing things I had never seen before. People falling out under the power. And, and uh, of course, that didn't happen in my church, you know. People falling out under the power. And... Um, and I see this preacher preaching, and he's stepping over bodies while he's preaching. And then, I, then they're laughing in this church, and I'm thinking. I told my wife, I said, that's, so, that's blasphemy. I said, because I said, it kept saying guest evangelist, you know. And uh, I told my wife, I said, that's horrible that that preacher would let his people laugh at that man. I said, if it was in my church, I'd stop him. I wouldn't let him laugh at that guest preacher. So if y'all laugh at me, I'm going to wait for your preacher. Now come stop you because... <laughs> So I turned the TV off in the next week, you know. We, Sunday morning, we get up about 5 o'clock, and we're just watching while we're getting dressed, you know. We're watching TV. And so we watch this every week, and uh, every week it's the same thing. And, and I, would, I would leave it on a little longer, and I'm hearing stuff. And I told my wife, I said, Honey, we're not hearing anything that I couldn't have preached in my church. I just don't understand what we're seeing. And so... We decided one day, I said, let's get, let's get in the car. We're going to drive to Lakeland, Florida, and get in this meeting. And so we get in the car, and we drive 500 miles to Lakeland from Eatonton, Georgia. And uh, we got in this Carpenter's Home Church. There's 10,000 people there, 10,000 people. And huge place. And I, so we got there. It was packed. I told my wife, let's sit on the back row so we can make a fast getaway if we need to. And so we did. We sat on the back row, and... And uh, I saw things that night, folks, I had never seen in my life. I mean, it was the wildest, craziest, weirdest service I had ever seen. I mean, people were laughing. People were crying. I looked down. Oh, I promise you, I'm looking down. And this older lady, she's probably 80 years old, is on her hands and knees. And she's crawling up the aisle. And I told my wife, I said, come on, honey, let's get out of here. And she said, well, said, you drove 500 miles to get here. You might as well stay the whole service. So, 
So I just, uh, you know, all right, all right. So we stayed. Things, I thought, well, things I have to get better, but they didn't. They got worse. <laughs> and uh, they sang for two hours, Pastor. I mean, we, you know, we sang. We sang first and last verse of three hymns. And that's, that was it. And they were singing for two hours. And I thought, well, finally finished singing. I thought, well, maybe it's just going to be a singspiration tonight. And so I told my wife, come on, honey, let's get out of here. She said, well, you drove 500 miles to get here. You might as well stay the whole service. So then this preacher gets up and he does, I thought he was going to preach, but he does the offering teaching. And for one solid hour, he takes the offering. And I said to my wife, all this man wants is your money. And it never dawned to me, if he got every penny I had, he wouldn't have got $20. He was, we were broke, in debt. I mean, it was horrible. And so, anyway, I, I was getting madder by the minute. I kept saying, let's go. And she said, well, you drove 500 miles to get here. You might as well stay this one service. So finally, they take the offering, which I didn't give anything. I want you to know, because I didn't want to be there in that place. And so then I'm thinking, well, he's going to dismiss the service, because by this time, it's like 1030, and we got there at 7. And uh, and he opens his Bible, and he starts preaching. And I thought, Lord God, here it is. That's almost 11 o'clock. He's just starting to preach. I'm missing Johnny Carson. I got to get home, get to the hotel. And so I'm just, you know, I am, oh, I'm so mad. And so finally, finally, it's close to midnight and he finishes. And he said that, he looked out, there's 10,000 people. He said, how many full-time pastors are here tonight and their wives? He said, stand up. And I'm guessing about 300 maybe. Pastors stood up. I didn't stand. Not me. So he said, tonight, I only want to pray for pastors. For fresh anointing on your ministry. And so he says, come down right now. Well, my wife gets up to go. And and I didn't introduce my wife. Honey, stand up and let him see how beautiful you are. This is my awesome wife. And my my awesome assistant pastors, Pastor Kim and Eric Schrimmer. Stand up, guys. And they've been with me now for... They've been with me for about 30 years now. They're awesome. And uh, so, anyway, my wife gets up and she says, she says, come on, are you going? I said, I'm not going. She said, well, I want to get prayed for. I said, well, go ahead. I'll wait for you right here. <laughs> well, wives can be persuasive sometimes. I didn't know that. And so she begged me. So finally, I said, all right, all right, I'll go for you. And so we go down, and they directed our, me and her up on the big stage. And remember, this, this stage area is bigger than this whole church, and it's huge. But they directed us there, and there's about, you know, probably about 75 or 80 people just lined up on the stage. So this evangelist, Rodney Howard Brown, he goes down there, and he starts on that end. And they're telling people, close your eyes and lift your hands to heaven. And so people were closing their eyes lift their hands to heaven, not me, though. Because every time he touches somebody, they're, every time he touches somebody, they're hitting the floor. And uh, I don't believe in that stuff. You, that ain't happening in my church. And everybody's touched, boom, boom, boom. They're hitting the floor. 
And I said to myself, well, this is one Methodist preacher going to be standing up when that old boy goes by me. <laughs> and I'm getting madder in the moment, every moment. I'm getting madder at my, myself because I drove down there, stayed that whole five-hour service. I'm mad at my wife because she talked me into coming down here. So I get, finally, the guy gets to me. And he looked me straight in the eye. He said, close your eyes and lift your hands to heaven. And I just stood there. I stared at him. I just stared at him. He said it again. Close your eyes and lift your hands to heaven. And you know what? I just stared at him. I didn't move. He did it a third time. Close your eyes and lift your hands to heaven. And I just stared at him. And I'll never forget this. He looked me straight in the eye and he said, fresh anointing on your ministry. And his fingertips touched my head. And that was the last thing I remember. <laughs> because the next thing I know, the next thing I know, I'm laid out on that floor. I went down and 10,000 people were staring at me. But when I got up, there was probably maybe only two or 300 people left in the building. I don't know how long I'd been down. Somebody said, did you, did you see God? No. Did you see angels? No, didn't see anything. Did you hear music? No. All I know is that when I got off the floor, I loved God more than I'd ever loved Him before. There was, there was, something, there was something that took place inside. And, uh, but to understand this, I'm still a conservative Methodist preacher. So we start home the next day. We're driving 500 miles back to Edenton. And I'm trying to figure this thing out. And I told my wife, I said, honey, I got this all figured out. I said, what happened was we got down there and all that emotionalism. And I said, so I'm just going to forget about this. I said, if you tell anybody where we've been or what happened to me, I will divorce you. I, I don't want nobody to know this. And I meant it. And we, so we get back to church and that first Sunday comes and you know, we were doing two services a day on Sunday to get everybody in. And because uh, we were the yuppie church in town, we had, I had all the doctors, all the lawyers. I had all the BMWs and all the Jaguars and all the Mercedes were in my parking lot. So we get back on that Sunday morning. And Kim, Pastor Kim and Pastor Eric were there. They, they're, they're witnesses to this. I gave an altar call in the first service and 25 people came lined up at the altar. So I just went and laid hands on the first one. And when I did, they hit the floor. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No catchers. No catchers. We didn't know anybody was going to fall. Nobody had ever fallen in my church before. And I laid hands on the next one, boom. And I laid hands on the next one, boom. And I laid hands on the next one, boom. And and I'm thinking, wow. (laughs) I ain't never watching this hand again. We... Every person, boom, laid out on the floor. No catchers. But, Pastor, the thing was, they were getting off the floor, laying cigarette packs on the altar, getting off the floor, says, I'm healed. God's healed me. God's healed me. We had one couple. We didn't know it. They had already filed for divorce. Had filed for divorce. One was on this end of the One was on that end of the altar. The power of God touched both of them. They went out under the power. They got up off the floor, running to each other. Forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. I mean, 
incredible things happen. You know, you know and you would have thought <laughs> everybody would be excited. No, people weren't excited. I got, a, I got phone calls in the middle of the night. People tell me I'm of the, they said, you're of the devil. I said, no, people, if I was of the devil, devil don't go around saving people, healing people, setting people free. I'm not of the devil. And people would scream and say, pounding on the desk, this is not a Methodist church anymore. I said, well, it really is more Methodist now than it ever was. <laughs> it was John Wesley, they fell out of trees in his service. Amen. But that was the beginning, July of 1993, we began to see miracle after miracle after miracle in our church. Not just once in a while, I'm talking about every service, every Sunday. Pastor, you're going to appreciate this, and I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I'm kind of left my deal here. But in those days, I was, uh, uh, I was in a, a, a pastor's group here in Atlanta, a big pastor's group. There was about, I don't know, 40, 50 pastors, and we went, met once a month somewhere in Atlanta, have breakfast together, once a month. And so I go to that pastor's meeting about a month after we had been to Lakeland. I'm seeing so many miracles. I'm seeing, I mean, for the first time, Jesus is real. The Holy Ghost is real. Miracles are real. And so we're sitting around all these tables. There's probably 30 or 40 guys there. We're sitting around this big round table. And uh, I'm telling this preacher next to me, I said, Pastor, I said, God is moving in my church. I said, I got to tell you what's happening. I said, you know, we've seen people healed and, and drug addicts instantly delivered. People delivered from cigarettes. I said, God is doing awesome things. It is, it is so incredible. We're seeing the presence of God. I mean, the glory of God has fallen in the place. And he looked at me, and you know what his response was? He stared at me for a minute. And he said, who do you think is going to win the World Series this year? Oh my gosh. That was his response wow. to the glory of God, wow. to the power of God. I said, oh, Lord, help us. And I got up, and they, they began to make fun. In that meeting, they began to make fun of Benny Hinn. And somebody said, oh, well, he throws his coat on people and all this kind of stuff. And something rose up in me. Don't see if you get me mad. It's like it's like I tell people when I'm driving. That policeman stopped me one day. He said I shouldn't be speeding because I was a preacher. I said, Well, my right foot's not saved yet. So there's 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 something there's something in me that just kind of rises up sometimes. But they began to make fun of Benny Hinn, and something rose up in me, and I got up from that table. And I've shoved my chair back. I put my coat on. And I said, gentlemen, I said, when the day comes that you can rent the Atlanta Stadium and see people get out of wheelchairs, you can say something. But I said, until then, keep your mouth shut. And I got my coat. I got in my car. I drove back to Eatonton. And on the way back, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, I want you to cut off all fellowship with every preacher that doesn't believe in my anointing, that doesn't believe in the power of God, that doesn't believe in miracles, that doesn't believe in healing, that doesn't believe in the anointing. He said, cut them off. And I did. And I've not seen another one since. And that's been 25 years ago. And I'll tell you what, the power of God is oh, so awesome, so real. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. And that's why I, I said all that to say this. Get away from people of doubt. Get away from the fake vampires. Come on, say... Say, I'm not giving up. I'm not turning back. I'm stronger than the devil. 
Come on, say, I'm not afraid of the devil. The devil's afraid of me. See, some of you didn't know that, did you? Amen. The devil's afraid of me because there's a spirit inside of you. Come on, say, there's a spirit inside of me. Let me tell you something. Child of God, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father praying for you right now. And because he's praying for you, Satan doesn't have a chance. Because he's praying for you, sickness does not have a chance. Because he's praying for you, failure does not have a chance. Fear does not have a chance. And, and if that's not enough, he's filled you with his Holy Spirit. Amen. And if that's not enough, the blood of Jesus covers you. The Holy Spirit's inside of you. Angels are surrounding you. And guess what? Guess what? Goodness and mercy are following you all the days of your life. I get up in the morning and I look back there. Goodness and mercy's there. I go to work and I look back. There's goodness and mercy. I go to preach and I look back. There's goodness and mercy. No matter where I go, I tell you what. I go into the bad parts of town, but I look behind me. Goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life. Come on, somebody give Him praise in this house. Hallelujah. But see, if you don't know that, if you don't believe that, because you have to believe the Holy Spirit is for you, the Holy Spirit is in you, that's not enough. You've got to believe the Holy Spirit will use you. See, quit waiting on the preacher to do everything for you. The, the anointing, the Holy Spirit, He said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you. It was an individual thing for every person. So no matter where you are, the Holy Ghost will flow through you. I was in a pizza hut one day, and uh, and so anyway, I, I sit down at this booth, and, I'm, and, and the waitress comes to take my order, and she was very rude to me. And see, look, I don't like waitresses to be rude to me because I'm good to waitresses. I tip good. They'll tell you. They fight over me when I go into a restaurant, if I go there often. And so I'm, I, I'm sitting here at this booth, and this waitress come, and she's very rude to me. And I just said to her, I said, well, lady, you got up on the wrong side of the bed today. And she said, she said, sir, said, I, I'm so sorry. She said, I apologize to you. But she said, I, I have a migraine headache. She said, my head is about to explode. And so I looked at her and I said, well, lady, I, I have a cure for that. She said, you do? What is it? And I said, she's st I'm sitting there, she's standing up. I said, bend over. She said, huh? I said, I said, bend over. What are you talking about? I said, bend down here. And so she's very cautious. You know, she's looking at me and she's bending down. And I just put my hands on her head, and I said, Lord Jesus, show this lady how much you love her and take this headache away in Jesus' name. Amen. And that's all I prayed. And she looked at me, and she said, like I was crazy. And she goes off to get my drink. And in a minute, here she comes back with the tray and the drink on it. She walked up, and she said, wow. <laughs> wow. I said, wow what? She said, it's gone. She said, it's gone. And I said, what? She said, my headache is gone. 
And I said, we're good. I said, and I invited her to our church. We had service that night. And she came to the church that night, got, got filled with the Spirit, Amen. saved, filled with the Spirit. She's still serving God today. Somebody, somebody praise God. Come on, say, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. wants to work through me. Amen. 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 See, listen, you got to get rid of that. Here's what I found, Pastor. I don't care where I'm preaching in Mexico with John Whitener or I'm preaching in Edenton or I'm preaching in McDonough. People are all the same. And I'm telling you, most Christians feel like God can use everybody but them. They feel like they're not worthy for God to use them. Come on, am I in the right house today? They feel like, see, you know, I I did this one time, Pastor, because I would look at these people like, I'd look at these people like Benny Hinn and, you know, all these, these, you know, big name people that God was using. You'd see things that happened. And I used to think that, you know, God just, just pick them out, and they were so special, you know, and so I'm just put them there, and, and I'm going to use them, and, and one day I was praying, and I said, Lord, I just wish, I wish you would use me, and I just wish, and, and I, I kept thinking about, you know, Benny Hinn and Moral Roberts and these people like that, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me one day, and he said, I want you to know something. He said, Benny Hinn does not have a senior Holy Ghost, and you have a junior Holy Ghost. He said, the same Holy Spirit that is inside of Benny Hinn is the same Holy Spirit that's in you. And then, and he didn't stop there. He said, I'm going to go a step further. He said, the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is now dwelling in you and he'll quicken your mortal body. Come on, somebody give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. Whew. So right now, Throw off that spirit of low self-esteem. That spirit of not... Did you know blind Bartimaeus? I loved it. This is probably my favorite guy to preach on in the Bible. Do you know blind Bartimaeus? How many know that story? I mean, you know, Jesus comes and he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And everybody cries, comes, tries to stop him. And no, he cries out even louder, Jesus, son of David, come have mercy on me. And finally Jesus stopped. And Jesus said, bring him to me. And the Bible says that when he got up, took off his outer garment. And he threw it away. And the reason why, because in those days, you understand this, you didn't just, not like today, you didn't go and get a permit to do something you had, to have, you had to have permission to beg. And the Roman government, when you went and you got permission to beg, they would give you a special garment to wear. And that's why when the Roman soldiers walked by, they would see, they wouldn't bother you, this guy's begging, but he's got the beggar's coat on. Are y'all with me? He's got on the beggar's garment. He's got on the... I'm not worthy garment. He's got on the garment of everybody's better than me garment. He's got on that garment. And it was that day when Jesus said, bring him to me. He said, I'm getting rid of this mentality. I'm, I'm not a beggar anymore. I'm not a... I'm not... 
lower than anybody else. I'm taking this thing off and I'll never be the same. And some of you got to get off your beggar's garment. Can somebody say amen? Your, 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 I'm not as good as everybody else garment. Amen. Let me tell you something. Jesus made you like Him. And you are better. Amen. Come on, say, I'm better. I'll tell you what. Listen, because of the cross, when heaven looks down on you, it cries out, you have a right to be saved. You have a right to be healed. You have a right to be blessed. You have a right to be happy. You have a right to prosper. You have a right to be rich. And you have a right to be filled. Can somebody say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Wow. Amen. amen. I got to hurry. I can, I'm looking at this clock back here. Are y'all okay? Okay. I'm, I'm going to wind this down. Listen, if God, God wants to use you to send His power through. Amen. God wants to use you to break chains off of people. Break addictions off of people. Break... Amen. Break unclean spirits off of people. My, our church secretary... I got a call one Wednesday afternoon, and I just, I'd been at church all day, and just got home for the night. It was about 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and I got a phone call, and it was my secretary's daughter, and she's crying on the other end of the line, and she said, she said, my, she said Daddy's had a stroke, and she said, they're loading him in the ambulance right now, and said, they're taking him to Macon, Georgia, and I said, okay, I'll be there as quick as I can. So I got dressed and jumped in the car, and I'm headed to Macon, Georgia. And I get down there, and my secretary was there, her son and her husband. His name is Johnny, and he was in the bed. And, I mean, this, this guy, his whole face was all, you know, just out of, and his, this hand was like that. The doctors were in there, and they were sticking him with pins on his right side, just right, total right side. He couldn't feel anything. So the doctor, so I go in, you know, and I, I just prayed for him, you know. I prayed the, I prayed the preacher prayer. Oh, God. You, you know what that is. Oh, God, just, oh, Lord, just help Johnny, your Lord, right now. Lord, he just needs you in Jesus' name. We just, thank you, Lord. I prayed the preacher prayer, and uh, nothing. So next time Pastor prays it over, you're going to say, that's the preacher prayer. I want the other prayer. So uh, I just, um, so anyway, I prayed that prayer over him, and the doctor goes out, and he's going to get some kind of shot or something to give him. And I'm standing there, and the Holy Spirit speaks to me. And here's what he said. He said, pray for him again and command the spirit of paralysis to come out of him. And folks, I didn't say, I didn't say anything to the wife, to the son. I didn't say, God just told me. I just walked over there. I reached across the bed, his right side. I reached across the bed. I grabbed his arm and his leg, and I said, spirit of... of um, Spirit of, I didn't do that. I said, spirit of, I said, spirit of paralysis, come out of him. Now, you've heard of all the testimonies. It wasn't 10 seconds. It wasn't five seconds. It was suddenly, immediately, he started moving that arm around, moving that, his face went right back to normal. I mean, instantly. I mean, 
Boom, it was done. Boom. Like nothing had ever happened. About that time, the doctor comes back into the room with this needle and he freezes at the door because he sees, he sees this guy moving everything. He said, what happened to you? He said, all I know is, all I know is, my pastor prayed for me and he says, I'm not paralyzed anymore. Amen. And, the, and the doctor, doctor looked at the nurse and he said, well, I guess you don't need this. And he turned and walked out. Now, I'm saying this. I'm One more story and then I'm going to quit because I don't... I got another two hours to preach up there, but so I'm sorry. I just kind of, you know, God just leading now to a different direction. So that happened. And here's my assistant pastors. Awesome testimony. Still healed today. But about six months later, we had another couple in our church and she works for Defects. It's a couple, their son, uh, two-time gold medal winner, um, Vincent Hancock shooting one, two gold medals. So his parents are in my church. It was his mom. She worked for Defacts, and she's at work. She falls out of her desk with a stroke, and she's young. She's in, in her 40s, late 40s. Falls out of her desk in the stroke, just, just like that guy was, just paralyzed on one side. And they, Defacts calls the ambulance. They call her husband trying to get him. Finally, they got him, and he rushes to the Defacts office there in Eatonton, as he gets there, they're, they're putting her in the ambulance. And he climbs up in the ambulance with her. And he said to the EMT, what's wrong with her? He said, she's had a stroke. He said, you can see from it. And he said, all I could think about was the testimony of what you did in that hospital room. And he reached across his wife. And he says, all I did is what I heard you, you did, Pastor. And he said, in Jesus' name come out of her, and instantly, suddenly, immediately, boom, totally healed, totally healed, totally healed. And they could find no sign she'd ever had a stroke. They could not find no sign my secretary's husband. But I'm, I'm, I'm saying this to say this because it was one thing for me to pray for him, but it was another thing for just a guy in the church to pray for his wife. See, listen, miracles are for today power of God's for today, healings for today. And listen, God wants to use you today. Can you say amen? amen. I said God wants to use you today. Amen. Healing. Look, God wants to heal people, but He's got to use somebody. Amen. He's got to use somebody's hands. Amen. I said, he's got to use somebody's hands. He's got to use somebody's mouth. There's, there's got to be a man of faith, a woman of faith, a, a Holy Ghost. You know what? You know what? I'm going to pray for your church. I'm going to pray that God's going to raise up Holy Ghost Rambos all over this church. Well, you just come in. Where, where's the devil? Let me at him. I mean, God wants you so filled. Say, listen, when you, when you get up in the, when you go to the hospital, they say, oh, wow, here they come. That, that Southside Christian church people, here they come. So, so Phil, when you get up in the morning, the devil says, oh no, she's up. <laughs> Amen. Amen. The Holy Ghost is for you. The power of God is for you. The anointing is for you. God wants to use you in the mighty way.
Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. Please join us every Sunday morning. For service times, locations, and other information about the church, visit us at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace.